0: Hey, writers, join our first draft weekly Writers Club. We meet every Tuesday from 12 to 1 Eastern Time. For more information, go to writingclassradio.com and click on the Classes tab.
1: I'm Andrea Askowitz, and this is Writing Class Radio. You'll hear true personal stories and learn a little bit about how to write your own stories.
0: I'm Allison Langer. Together, we produce this podcast, which is equal parts heart and art. By heart, we mean the truth in a story. And by art, we mean the craft of writing. No matter what's going on in our lives,
1: writing class is where we tell the truth. It's where we work out our shit. <laughs> I wasn't thinking we would say it like that this time. <sighs> Today on our show, it's going to be a little different.
0: I knew I was going to cry. Uh,
1: it's going to be a little different because shit just got real. <laughs> really real. 3 weeks ago, Allison had a hysterectomy because they saw a cyst and it turns out she has ovarian cancer. Um what else did I say about that? So, you don't have to say anything about okay. that. Okay. Yeah. It's So what, what we decided to do was I wrote a story that I wrote in um through a few prompts and Allison did the same thing and we're going to share those and edit those together and um we're not sure if this is the worst idea. Or the best idea. The truth of the matter is, is we've been writing through this. So even the week
0: before my surgery, the week after my surgery, I mean, we've been writing. I really don't want to give up the things that I love um, and that make me feel good. And so I have been writing. And of course, because it's the only thing on my mind, it's what I've been writing about. Even if I try not to write about it, it's what I've been writing about.
1: So Allison and I are treating this episode as if we're in writing class by sharing our own writing and critiquing it. Because writing and sharing and then getting and giving feedback is how we deal with whatever's going on in our lives. We thought writing and critiquing would help us process what's going on because it's easier to talk about our writing than to talk about our lives. You know what I want to say? Like, I – we've threatened to quit this podcast. Like (laughs) – both, both of us like right yeah. like, 10 times over yeah. the last four years and I want to hold on to it it's these big- kind of things make you realize what really
0: matters and what's really important so all the shit that goes into making the podcasts and all the money and all the trying to raise money and all the publicity and the advertisement and the social media that stuff doesn't matter to me it's really writing and putting stories out there and sharing and getting feedback and connecting that's what means something Putting our stories out into the world is helpful to everybody. So not just somebody who's going through cancer, but somebody who doesn't even know me that can listen to this podcast and say, "Okay, these people are going through this real hard shit and and this is how they're doing it. You know, maybe it's
1: it's that. So that's good. So if you are listening and you want to do something to help, send this podcast to a friend, send it to a bunch of friends.
0: It also inspires people to really write if they're going through something tough. And it's really, I mean, for me, it's been really helpful to put it on on the page. And also because I have such a shitty memory, I feel like I don't want to miss what this felt like. Even as bad and as horrible as it feels, when I'm through it, I want to be able to look back and not forget. I mean, I think writing, writing, writing is amazing. And I encourage everyone to write whatever's going on in your
1: life. I want to hear it's what I wrote. Just get started. Yeah, okay, I so I'm going to read what I wrote, and Allison is going to give me edits, same as we do in class. So, right, she hasn't heard my story. Um. Okay. Okay. It's called "How to Write About Other People's Cancer." I told Allison I was going to write about her cancer. She said, "Fuck you! It's my story." Well, fuck her. It's my story, too. I asked my mom if I could write about this, and she said I could. My mom has cancer, too. On Tuesday, Allison's friend, Galia, and I took Allison to two doctor appointments. One is the same doctor my mom goes to. We drove down US 1, then onto 95, the same as I've done five times now with my mom. We valet parked and walked to the reception, same as before. We took the second elevator to the third floor and waited. There's always a wait. A white board behind the receptionist said, Delay one and a half hours. Gallia and I went to the cafeteria for coffee. I ordered a double cortadito. I felt over-caffeinated. We waited in the small but orderly waiting area, listening to the food channel on the flat screen TV. Allison got called, to, Allison got called in to take her vitals. Gallia and I followed. We were like elephants. I don't remember where I heard this, but somewhere, somehow I've learned that two female elephants form a team and accompany pregnant elephants through childbirth. They stand beside her and protect her. I wasn't there for Allison's births, but Gallia was. She's been Allison's elephant for 35 years. I've been Allison's elephant for nine. I wrote down Allison's vitals. Her pulse sounded high. I asked the nurse if she was happy with Allison's numbers. The nurse said she was. I worried I had overstepped my role by asking a question. I was there to take notes. I'm good at taking notes. I have a notebook labeled Mom where I write down my mom's vitals and what meds she needs and doctors' cell numbers when they give them to us. I flipped my notebook over and labeled it Allison. The nurse was adorable. She told us the doctor was in a good mood today. She told us he's single. Gallia told her she ran an organization to help single people meet people organically. We laughed about setting up the doctor. Two hours later, we were escorted into exam room two. Same room I've sat in with my mom. No one wanted to sit on the exam chair with the paper sheet. So like always, the nurse brought in two extra chairs. We waited. Gallia went to the bathroom and texted me. Let's cool it with the singles talk and focus on Allie. I don't want to get banned from the team.
0: (laughs) She did that?
1: Yeah. That's what I love about her. She's so aware of her annoyances. (laughs) Okay. We waited some more. I said, I'm so nervous if anyone's interested in how I feel. Gallia said I was conflating this experience with my mom's. I went to the bathroom and saw the doctor in the hall. I said, I'm here with my best friend today. He said, good, I'm going to see her in a minute. Good? How do you write about someone else's cancer? I hate those people who say, it's been the worst year. I have an old friend who I love, but she always has the worst year. I had the worst year. My dog died, then the hurricane, now my dad's in a nursing home. I'm sounding like a jerk. That is a hard year. But don't act like the universe is conspiring against you. That's just dumb. I don't want to sound like that. First, it was my daughter's best friend's mom. Just over a year ago, she got breast cancer. We've become close because of our daughters and speak almost every day. Then, not even a year ago, my brother got thyroid cancer. Then four months ago, my mom got a rare cancer called primary peritoneal, which is treated like ovarian. Three weeks ago, Allison got ovarian cancer. The other night, my sister-in-law said, I know this isn't about you, but you've had so much cancer lately. I know I'm not the one with cancer, and yet. Next week, I'm going to Spain. I'm moving my family for a year. It's a recurring dream I've had since I spent a college semester in Madrid 30 years ago. And after the last presidential election, that dream became urgent. My kids are going to a Spanish school. We're going to learn Spanish fluently, at least they will. We're going to see the world from another perspective. I can't get to Spain fast enough. At the same time, I don't want to go. I want to be at these doctor appointments. Allison is going to tell me to get vulnerable. How do you feel? Duh. Scared. Sad. Fucking pissed that my friend has to go through this. My mom is four cycles in. Four times she sat in the chemo mill, which is what it looks like. Big medical lazy boy chairs, chair after chair, separated by dingy hospital curtains. No windows. The nurse hooks her up with an IV, and she sits and dozes while the poison drips in slowly. It takes hours. Hours. Six rounds, three weeks apart. The first round was the hardest because we didn't know what to expect. We got a long list of side effects. Nausea and fatigue, we knew. Hair loss, we knew. But when her chest turned fire red, we couldn't tell if that was flushing or a rash. The list said, if you develop a rash, call the nurse practitioner. It was Friday at 10 p.m. We called the nurse. No one answered. Allison starting the same regimen next week. Everyone handles chemo differently. can't handle it at all. My mom is 78 years old. She is not an athlete. She is not particularly tough. Frankly, she's a prima donna. That's what I thought before she started chemo. And I was wrong because she is handling chemo like Wonder Woman. Allison is 51. She is an athlete. She is tough. But I am seeing many similarities between these two. Two of my favorite women in the world. They say attitude matters. And that scared me at first because my mom cannot put on a happy face. She is incapable of pretend. And so is Allison. Turns out that's what makes a good attitude. The truth. Feeling the pain and expressing anger and fear. Before she started, my mom told me every morning she woke up with that old 70s song, Seasons in the Sun, running through her head. Goodbye, my friend, it's hard to die when all the birds are singing in the sky. Now she wakes up with Freddie Mercury in her head. We are the champions, my friend, and we'll keep on fighting till the end. We are the champions. We are the champions of the world.
0: Oh God, wow. That's so much better than I thought it was gonna be. (laughs) Okay, yay. Whew. Okay. You're a good writer. Really
1: good. Uh,
0: I don't remember saying, fuck you, it's my story. But I said, I do remember saying, um, finally, I have new material. <laughs> uh, new material. That's the beauty of, of writers. Yes. Okay. Um, Am I, I allowed g- to argue? No. I guess. no. Okay. No, no, no. I get to talk. Okay, I just want to say, when you started with the elephants, I was like, are you saying that you guys think you're fat? Like, why are the elephants? And then right away, when you started explaining the elephants, I was just so touched. It really hit me. Like, wow. (sighs) That she's been my elephant for all those years, and so have you, you know? I just thought that was really sweet. Okay, I'm going to really try not to cry, because this is not supposed to be that. Let's cool it on the singles talk. That was great. And I know you guys were trying to distract me there. And I did appreciate that a lot. So I, I I, want that to come through even more. So I want there to be like during the vitals. I want to see this big distraction. And then I want that conversation. Because then when let's cool it with the singles talk happens, we really get it. Like, half the time you were talking, I was mesmerized because I just thought everything was so clear and good. And it flowed really well. And I love the comparison in perfect time of like your mom and me and, and everything. So I thought that was really amazing because Jesus Christ, like two people and your brother, I mean, and your friend, your other best, like this is just too much. And meanwhile, you don't want to make it about you, but it is about us. Like we all are going through something, even if it's not the person going through chemo. So that's where I want you to get vulnerable. I do want to know what it feels like. I want to know what it feels like to know that your mom has cancer, that I have cancer, that your brother had cancer. Like, I know you've told these individual stories, but yeah, there's there's more of that. Like, did you ever question like, fuck, what's my relationship to all this? Why are all these people around me getting cancer? Is that because I'm thinking like, I hate that when bad things start happening to people. I'm like, ah, what can I do to help? Like, how can I change things? And we can't, of course, change anything. It, what's interesting too is that I'm a person who like starts blaming myself, and I make excuses for myself, and I try to make everybody happy, and that's probably one of the reasons I'm in this situation, and it's not a good thing. And I'm learning to like l- worry about other people a little bit less and worry about me a little bit more. So I like that you aren't taking any of the blame at all. So I do like that, but I do want to hear your thoughts. Like I want to hear your self talk. I want to know what's going on. I loved knowing that Spain has been your dream and the reasons why you chose it. Oh, and then back up. I love knowing all the list of cancers. I really wanted to know that. It wasn't just like everyone around me is getting cancer. You listed these people and that your sister-in-law said that. I don't know. I just thought everything was really well written and done. I loved knowing you're scared and pissed. And then the information about your mom and the chemo. um, Of course, hearing that just freaks me out. Somebody asked me today, like, what's your worst fear about going through this? And I just said, like, really just being tired and not being able to do anything because I'm just not that type of person. Although my story I'm about to read is like me trying to be that person. But um, that's my thing. But these, yeah, the red flush and not knowing like these unknowns are really scary. And I, I don't like that. It was like being pregnant and not knowing what does this mean? What does that mean? It's so stressful. And then when the, the music at the end, I love, love, love knowing what she was listening to and is listening to. And Ooh, I'm like, she's singing it in her head. I need a fight song. Yeah.
1: I need a fight song.
0: We are the champions, champions my with friend. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for those anyway, notes. Thank you for writing that.
1: Allison is going to read the story she wrote about what she's going through right now when we come back after a break. We're back. You're listening to Writing Class Radio. This is Andrea Askowitz. Allison is going to read a rough draft or is it a rough draft? It's a It's
0: pretty rough. I mean, I it hasn't really been edited at all. Like I wrote it and then um, in the Tuesday writing group and then I just sort of combined two pieces and added like the latest so that I sort of brought everybody up to
1: date. So Allison leads a writing group every Tuesday on Zoom. So anyone in the world can join. It's Eastern time, 12 o'clock, and it's one hour, and you write, and then you read and share and get light feedback. It's so cool. I joined it last week. That's the writing group she's talking about. Here's Allison with her roughish draft of what's going on for her right now, and I'm going to do my best to give her feedback. Okay. All
0: right. They say it's going to rain this week. It's summer in Miami and typically it rains every afternoon around 3 p.m. But this has not been a typical summer in more ways than just the rain. Four weeks ago, I went to my gynecologist about a pain I've had for a few months on my lower left side. I've also been having digestion problems for years, forever really. But I thought before I went to the gastroenterologist, I'd try the gyno. Turns out I've got a large fluid-filled cyst on my left ovary. The technician said it looked fine, may even dissolve on its own. But when the gynecologist called a day later, she said it had irregularities and sent me for a CA-125 blood test. CA-125 measures the proteins in your body. High CA-125 is one of the markers for ovarian cancer. When the gynecologist called with the blood test results, I was in the car with my nine-year-old son, Sloan. She said, your CA-125 was a little high. You need to see an oncologist. You might have ovarian cancer. She mentioned the names of a few gyneco- gynecological oncologists and hung up. She probably she probably said, I'm here for you or I'm sorry because we're friends. I've known her for 15 years. She delivered my oldest son. We talk at parties and I take her family pictures. But all I heard was cancer. My brain flipped through all the hard My brain flipped through all the things I would never do with my kids. Vacations, graduations, weddings, grandchildren. I thought about my 12-year-old daughter who will be starting 6th grade in the fall. Who will she talk about getting her period? Who will she talk with about getting her period or the mean girls at school? I suddenly regretted giving my photography and writing clients priority over my children. I should have spent more time on the couch with them just doing nothing. What was I trying to prove working so much? Why have, why have I been saving every last cent instead of taking my kids on trips or buying them new clothes when they need them? I called my friend Justine, whose job it is to match patients with the right oncologist. She sent back a name. He's the best. Justine was calm and unemotional. She sprung into action, which was what I needed. She said, "It'll work out. Don't worry." and told me about a friend who'd just gone through the exact same thing, and it was nothing. Well, it turns out it was something. During my hysterectomy two weeks ago to remove the cysts and everything else, they found cancer. Stage 3 ovarian cancer that spread to the lymph nodes and stomach lining. I start chemo next week. It's been nuts since the surgery. Of course, I knew there was a chance the cysts would be more than just painful, irregular CA-125-triggering cysts, but the doctor said it was probably nothing, that 99% of the time it does turn out to be nothing. Unfortunately, he said, when he came to visit me post-surgery, you're the 1%. My friends have jumped in full force, cooking, planning, making spreadsheets for meal delivery, doctor visits, and a list of who comes to chemo with me on which days. People I didn't even know liked me have dropped off the most incredibly thoughtful gifts. Gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free muffins that I hid in the back of the fridge so the kids wouldn't find them. Turmeric tonic, books, bracelets, candles, and orchids. I get daily supportive texts sending love and peace and healing prayers. The outpouring is both wonderful and overwhelming. It reminds me that I'm facing the most difficult battle of my life. One, I have no intention of losing. It's been more than a wake-up call. It's been a five-alarm fire. Make no mistake, I'm woke. (laughs) I've started looking at my life and asking why. Why is this happening to me now? I do a lot of things right, like eat and exercise. But I also have been running on high stress and not enough love for the last five years. For the last five years, I've worked constantly, like every waking minute constantly. There have been days when I forget to eat. There are days where I forget to eat or work out. There's no time for men or dating. I let calls go to voicemail, then text back when I'm driving. I know that's bad. If I do pick up the call, I let the person on the other end know they're interrupting a very busy woman. I've worried about money when I probably couldn't go broke if I tried. But I've yelled at the kids for wanting to go out for ice cream or ordering too much food at lunch. God, that's so embarrassing. I haven't repaired the holes in the walls or the peeling paint. The furniture is all mishmashed hand-me-downs. If you're getting rid of old furniture, I'll take it. I have convinced myself that spending money is a bad thing. And if I do spend, I'll go broke. And because I've worried about going broke, I've held on to my photography business, even though I haven't enjoyed it for years. The money is great, but the stress is too much. It's been 25 years. It's time to let that go. And I have started that process and it feels good. Since the diagnosis, I've referred all my photography business to a friend. I take my kids out to lunch. I let them order steak and as many sushi rolls as they want. I've turned my phone on silent mode and only look at it when I'm available. I've told my writing clients who call on the weekends I will get back to them on Monday. And they seem fine. I've started getting massages, making plans with friends, and spending more time with my children. They need me. They're scared, too. So instead of waiting for them to ask... I curl up on the couch and watch the baking channel and actually enjoy the show. I've also started meditating, reading a book in the middle of the day and watching TV. There are days I don't go into my office and I don't answer the phone. Last week I called AT&T and ordered two new phones for the kids and then a new fridge for me. My 14 year old son's phone was cracked and broken. And my daughter had been begging for a phone for a year the fridge had been popping open for five years and defrosting all our food. I also bought a new camouflage backpack, one I've had my eye on for a while. I plan to take it to chemo with me, stuffed with my computer, a book, a pillow, and a blanket.
1: This is a story by a woman who is so hard on herself and so knowing like that. That was my first impression. She's just like seems angry at herself for working so hard. She's being so hard on herself for how she was trying to save money and working at what I think she thinks was the expense of her children the big question i want to know is um what and she's getting to it she's starting to get to it but why is spending such a big issue what is that a cover for okay i'm going to start from the beginning and i'm going to i'm going to say like all the things that um that hit me and what i want to know more about and maybe some of the things that i would have that i would cut or or change okay um we know, we're grounded in the summer it's right now It's not a typical summer in more ways than just it's not been raining normally. And um, then she just goes right in and tells us why. Um, I wanted to know why she... So she had digestive problems. And I wanted to know what made this narrator think she should go to a gynecologist. I I don't know. Like, what gave her that idea? And then they found the cyst and... um, it was so well-explained. It's really hard, I think, to explain anything medical, but she did in a really clear way. CA-125 is one of the markers for, for ovarian cancer. I'm wondering, is it a marker for all cancer or just ovarian? I didn't. I wondered. Um, then the, the it was the doctor who said your CA-125 is a little high. I love this moment. So she's in the car with her son and she probably said this and this and this because she's a sweet woman, but all the narrator heard was cancer and that just felt so real. Um, And then her brain went through all the things that she might not be able to do there. She gets into that regret moment. She regrets giving her photo and writing clients um, priority over her kids And the saving money. So there's both of those things are so big for this narrator, working really hard and saving money rather than spending it. That's what she's, that's the story. I wondered, um, I was a little confused here where, so she calls her friend Justine, who's the woman who was going to get her connected to the right cancer doctor. That's her job. Okay, so, um. This woman, Justine, told her that it was probably nothing. So we already know that this narrator has cancer, but in this moment, she doesn't. So I think what needs to be explained here is that Justine says, a lot of people have these cysts, and a lot of people have high numbers, and it's just a cyst. Just to be clear, clear, clear but what, that what she means by it was probably nothing means it's probably not cancer at this point. And then the narrator gives us a perfect explanation of what exactly her cancer prognosis is, which I'm guessing people want to know, or anyone listening to this story would want to know. So well done. And then this line really hit me. She knew there was a chance that there could be cancer, but it was a really slim chance. And then the doctor said, unfortunately, you're the 1%. Fuck. It really, I, like, I felt gutted when I heard that. And then she goes into talking about how it's played out. And people I don't even know liked me, which is so funny. And I don't know how to get more of that, more of that personality of this narrator into here, but that was a moment where we really got her personality. Like she's sort of a curmudgeon in a way, but she also, she has so many people who love her, even people she doesn't know love her, love her. And so all this stuff is coming to her, all this love and, care packages and shit. And then she's like, okay, here's my mindset. And she really does show us the before and there's a change by the end. And then we see that she's now, instead of waiting, she's going to curl up with her kids. She's, she's going to watch the baking channel. She's going to watch TV on her own. She's going to buy shit that she needs. She did a great job of showing us like how miserly she is with all this um, furniture that's missing mismatched and the fridge popping open like good god for five years <laughs> okay time to get a new fridge and then the last line was so to me hopeful and like charging ahead she got a camo backpack and she's like god she's like gonna go in there like a fucking soldier with her backpack and so even though the story is like oof I'm left with a feeling of like I'm ready to go to battle. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to keep working on it. Good. Good, good, good. I want to tell our listener that we are going to go to once a month, um, launching once a month, just to give ourselves more time, just so that we can do the best we can on each podcast and so that we can work on, you know, being healthy and doing well in other ways. So listen for us the first Wednesday of every month. Thank
0: you for listening. Writing Class Radio is produced by Virginia Laura, Andrea Askwitz, and me, Allison Langer. Theme music by Christine Corey. Writing Class Radio is sponsored by The Launchpad at the University of Miami. There's more writing class on our website, writingclassradio.com, including video classes, stories to study, and editing resources. Contact us at info at writingclassradio.com. If you love this show and enjoy all the extras on our website, hit the support us button and check out the writing classes and publishing insights. We're giving our Patreon supporters every Tuesday from 12 to one. You can jump onto a writing class with Allison and sometimes Andrea. If you join at the $25 level and you can learn all about the trials and tribulations of publishing. If you jump on at the $10 level and, um, Andrea's just posting away at all her successes and some of our failures. <laughs> a new episode will drop the first Wednesday of every month, so look for us. There's no better way to understand ourselves and each other than by writing and sharing our stories. Everyone has a story. What's yours? There were
1: two beautiful moments where she teared up should i be talking to you or should i be talking about now it doesn't awkward. matter I feel you could do it
0: just like we always do it we so talk I, about
1: the, the narrator okay so i'm treating this narrator like she's not here but it just felt a little awkward cuz we're both right here we're um, <laughs> <laughs> only us two but um